0: Great to preach today and uh, I really know for sure that God will speak to us. I'm going to speak about regret, but it's not going to be one of those uh, negative type of preachings, okay? But I, I know that all of us deal and with regret in our lives, no matter how old you are. You might regret you broke something of your mom or you might regret decisions you've made in life. And most of the times the things we regret, they, they are in the past if you think about it. So we might regret things we've done. We hurt someone, we said something we shouldn't have said, but we also regret things we didn't do and decisions we didn't make in life. So then they become the what-ifs of our lives, and then the what-ifs of your life will point towards the regrets of your life. And I want to speak today about an alternative to what is bad regret, because there is such thing as bad regret, and then there is a good regret, and I'm going to explain what that uh, good regret is. I was researching this week, and I was uh, thinking about what do people regret most in life, so I found out uh, seven regrets of people that are somehow towards the end of their lives, maybe on their uh, hospital bed or things like this, because that is where you find wisdom, they've been through it, and uh, I just want to show you the top seven regrets in life. First one is, I wish I had lived my own life rather than how society taught me to live. And that is a big one. Probably they live their lives just doing what people do, believing what people believe. And and then they come towards the end of their lives and they say, I regret that I hadn't lived my own life. I wish I I had taken better care of myself. And I hope I'll not say this when I get a bit older. I need to take care of myself a lot. I wish I had discovered my purpose earlier. And this is a really, really big one. You live your life, you do life, and then you come towards the end and say, I actually missed it. <laughs> I actually didn't uh, discover my purpose. And this is one of, probably one of the greatest regrets in life, and I hope that none of us will have it. That's why we're doing the gift and gift discovery. So we we'll discover our purpose and the gifts that we have in this church. Because we don't want anyone to live life without knowing what their purpose is. And I know that all of us, no matter what we believe, we need to have a purpose in life because that's what we live for. So this is one of the greatest regrets as well. I wish I'd allowed myself to love. Another big one. I wish I had taken more risks. And it's interesting about risks because people who don't take risks, they will encourage you to take risks. After they didn't take their risks, they are encouraged you to take. So this is how it happens. So you live life and uh, then uh, you come towards the end and then you look back and say like, I wish I had taken more risks in that moment or in that situation and they will be the ones who will encourage you the most to take risks uh, in your life as well. I wish I, ha- I had touched more lives and inspired more people. This is a big one as well. And I, I, I want to make it like a, like a target of my life. I want to influence people and I, wa- I want to touch people's lives. I want to see them restored. I want to see them growing up in the way God intended them to to grow. So yeah, I wish I had touched more lives and inspired more people. And seventh one, I wish I had been a better partner or parent. Obviously, this had to be in in this. Uh, And I know in a way or another, we all have some regrets as partners or parents. But uh, there is a way to deal with regret. And this is what I want to speak about today. There is uh, loads, loads of wisdom when you hear these people speaking about the regrets they have in life. There is this podcast I always listen and one of the it's called Five, five Leadership uh, Questions uh, podcast. And one of the those five questions is what would you say to the 20 years old self leader? So they speak with people that are influential and they've done things in life and they're like, what would you say to your 20 years old self and it's interesting to see what people say, because I'm like 26, I'm not old at all. And I, I want to, to, to get this wisdom from people that have been through it and learn a lot from it. So, because I don't want to live a life where I regret, I, 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 I go towards the end of my life, like say when I'm like 100, and look back and say, I, did, I regret I didn't do this or that. And uh, I want to speak about regret. And we need to start by understanding that regret is a negative emotion. Regret on its own It's not something good at all Because we do a mistake And after we do that mistake We think about it on and on and on and on That's what regret does You just think about the mistake you've done And then you drown yourself into a negative emotions Specialists even say That a high sense of regret Leads towards uh, suicidal tendencies So regret is so big That it even leads Towards death uh, If we think about it as well so I want to read today about, uh, about regret. I want to read what the Bible says and we're in this series daring to grow. And I want to show you the alternative to bad regret. Regret will never give us a solution to our problems. And if we think about what, everything that regret does, is to add on top of all our problems. Regret is something negative and it's a negative emotion. It's a negative emotion. So let's read uh, from Second Corinthians 7. He says, even if I made you grieve with my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, for I see that the letter grieved you, though only for a while. As it is, I rejoice not because you are grieved, but because you are grieved into repenting, for it felt a godly relief, so that you suffered no loss through us. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. For see what earnestness this godly grief has produced in you, but also what eagerness to clear yourselves. What indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal! what punishment. At every point you have proved yourselves innocent in the matter. So though I wrote to you, it was not for the sake of the one who did the wrong, nor for the sake of the one who suffered the wrong, but in order that your earnestness for us might be revealed to you in the sight of God. Therefore, we are comforted. What I want to speak today about is that there is a useless regret, and then there is useful regret. There is bad regret, which should be not really be part of our lives, and then there is a good kind of regret, and that regret, I'll I'll say it from the start, it's called repentance. Godly regret, good regret, useful regret, it's what we call repentance. Repentance is the best way for us to be positive about life and learn from the mistakes that we, we do. Repentance is basically regret, but handled in a positive way. You can do bad things, and good regret is... I feel sorry about it, but I handle it in a positive way, and I'll show you a bit later how to do this. So what I want to do is uh, maybe towards the end and maybe for the rest of our life is possible, we should replace bad regret with godly regret, we should replace useless regret with useful regret, replace regret with repentance, and we will understand exactly what it means. As I want to I want us to look at four aspects of repentance and we're looking from the text that I just read now first of all repentance focuses on God first of all repentance has God at the center we know that repentance is this Greek word metanoia which basically means changing your mind and coming to a right mind but regret on its own implies only a feeling of uneasiness in regards to the wrong we've done so I just feel sorry well poor me I've done that that's That's what I've done. It's not good. But one of the most uh, famous examples of only regret is, is uh, is about Judas in Matthew 27. It says this. Then when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was betrayed, he changed his mind and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. It says that you know Judas. It's quite famous. He's the one who betrayed Jesus. And then he's done it. Then he realized what he's done and it says he changed his mind. So he was thinking in a way. Then he thought in another way. And what he did is that he brought the, uh, the the thirty pieces of silver that he gained from betraying Jesus. He brought them back to the priests, and then he went and committed suicide. That's what happened to him. So he did feel sorry about what he's done. He even more. He brought back the money that he, he, he received from between Jesus. But there was something uh, like fundamentally wrong. And this is the sublime difference between regret and repentance. What Judas did was to focus on the wrong he's done. And he, did, he never went back to Jesus to repent for the wrong he's done. And re- regret will only uh, allow us to focus on the mistake, make us feel useless, guilty, will we'll bring in us a sense of guilt, and we'll, it will only separate us from God. If you only regret something and you do not go back to the person that you wronged and sort of said the things right, it's sort of useless. You know? And this is what Judas did. He did feel sorry. He did bring the money back. But he never went back to Jesus. Because he did, he was, this is our default, uh, our default attitude. When we do wrong and we, when we sin towards God, we run away from God. The first people who sinned in the world, Adam and Eve, the first time they sinned, what did they do? They hid themselves from God. Like, you know, you can hide from God. But that was the default. They hid themselves from God. Judas, when he sinned against Jesus, he ran away from Jesus. That's why the Bible says, as we read, worldly grief leads to death. Worldly grief for Adam and Eve led to separation. Holy grief to Judas led to him committing suicide. And this is what specialists say anyway, that it it does have uh, uh, suicidal tendencies. Regret on its own separates us from God. That's why I'm saying it's quite useless in a way. We cannot just regret and not do anything about it. But then there is this other great example, and it's about Peter. When he denies Jesus, it says Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and the servant girl came up to him and said, you also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. And when he went out to the entrance, another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied. He denied it with a no, saying, I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. Like my accent betrays that I'm not English. I cannot fake it as much as I want. By the way, Adam brought, uh, no, brought in, in, in our office, there is this big sign that says, keep calm and fake a British accent, which I'm doing quite well. In, I mean, the faking part, anyway. <laughs> so that was with Peter. It's like, it's not working. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed and Peter remembered the saying of Jesus before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Now what's What's the difference between Judas and Peter? Because both of them felt bad. Peter as well, it's like he went bitterly. It's like, oh, I'm da- I've done wrong. Judas felt the same, I've done wrong, because he, he, he had this sense of remorse, because he brought back the silver to the priests. Peter did it as well, but the difference is, and this is the difference between regret and repentance. Peter went back to Jesus, when Jesus resurrected, and he repented for the wrong he's done. They both felt sorry. They both knew they have done wrong. One of them chose to run away from Jesus and committed suicide. The other one ran towards Jesus and he was forgiven because he repented of the wrong things he's done. And there's another interesting thing about Peter. Why did he deny Jesus three times? I mean, you've done it once, it's bad enough already. Why didn't he repent back then? Because this is what we do with the sin in our lives. At least I'm doing it. I'm doing the wrong thing, I feel sorry After a few days, I'm doing it again. I feel sorry. After a few days, I'm doing it again. I feel sorry. And then after, and so on, and so on, and so on. And this is what what regret does. We we are in this, in a way, infinite loop of feeling sorry, doing wrong, feeling sorry, doing wrong, feeling sorry, doing wrong, and so on. And we never do anything about it. The difference is when we like, Get out of that infinite loop is when we repent and I'm going back to God. If I sin towards God, I go back to God to to ask forgiveness and I know he accepts in his family. We know that Jesus did accept Peter. New beginning. He's one of the greatest apostles of all time. He wrote even in the Bible because he could have committed suicide as well. It was the same pattern as, as Judas. But Peter chose to come back to Jesus and say, I've done wrong. I know I don't deserve it, but Jesus says, I'll make you new, I'll give you a new beginning. And we know the history, the big, big things Peter has done. And the difference between repentance and regret is that we go back to God, the one that we wronged, the one that we did wrong to. Sure. Okay, and we need to understand this as well. Yeah. That's why the verse, I again, said, worldly regret leads to death. Think about Judas. But godly regret leads to repentance. And this is what happened with Peter as well. So remember this repentance focuses on God, and God is good and kind and full of grace. Okay, when, we, when we repent, our focus and the object of our focus is God, not the wrong we've done. Okay, just If you focus on the things you've done, your eyes will be there, you'll feel like worthless and useless and everything. But if you've done wrong, you go to God and say, God, I've done this, please forgive me. And he will forgive you. Think about your children. If they break a mug, even though you told them don't break it, and they're doing it, you don't want them to run away and blame the cat or something, you know? It's like, I I, I don't care that you've you've done this. I want to see your attitude. I want to come to me, and together we'll fix it or whatever. We'll buy a new one if needed. This is what parents would do. And this is what we need to do with God when we do a mistake, when we break the mug, go back to God and say, God, I've done it. Please, would you help me fix it? And he will, he will always sing it. Secondly, is that repentance is an active lifestyle. Because it says, repentance produced in you. So repentance produces something in our lives. Repentance is measurable. Repentance is not just something philosophical that it's out there, that Christians do. But it's something that we measure. It's almost something that is really, really tangible. Repentance is the process of detaching from sin while attaching to God. It almost happens almost in the same time. Repentance is twofold. On one side we fight sin, we're aggressive and active in fighting sin. On the other side uh, we're active in having an intimacy with God, knowing God and loving God. Repentance is not just one or the other. It's both of them happening many times almost in the same time. We hear, we hear many, I, when I was younger, hear many people preaching that when you repent you do this and that and that and that and, and I'm like, wow, well, I'll never be able to do this, therefore I can never repent. Or the others were like, oh, you just need to forget about everything, focus on God and everything will fix itself. No, it's both. You know that 50% of the battle against sin is one in intimacy with God? Mm. 50% of the battle is one there, is one in, in his place, because there we get the strength and wisdom and knowledge of how to fight sin. And the repentance is an active lifestyle. Both of these, they form the action and pattern of repenting as well. So in this text, we see in verse 11 uh, what, it, what it says that uh, repentance produces something. And then, then there's this infographic I want us to see. It's basically from Corinthians 7.11. We just read it. see what earnestness this godly grief produced. So godly grief, or repentance, produced earnestness eagerness to clear yourself, indignation, fear, longing, zeal, and punishment. So I want us to look at these seven, if we can call it traits, of of repentance. And the first one is earnestness. When we speak of earnestness, we speak of intention and purpose. There is an intention that I have in having a relationship with God, and there is a purpose in me being a Christian. We don't just exist for the sake of existing. I mean, I have an intention to fight sin. I have an intention to be in a relationship with God. My purpose is to fight sin and be with God in the same time uh, if I can. There's an eagerness to cleanse ourselves. So, to clean ourselves means I want to be holy. I want to be like God. I want to be how God is Christ-like, God-like. And my, I make it my my uh, mission in life to be holy. It is a process. It's not something that happens just like this. From God's perspective, He forgave us whenever we come to Him. All our sins are forgotten and forgiven. But we need to make it our, our life's goal to fight sin. Okay, to clean ourselves, to be holy, and to be loved God, like God. Third one, it's indignation towards sin. Think about in the moments when you sin. Think about what happens right after. How do you feel? I'm telling you, every time I sin, right after I'm doing it, I I feel this. Hatred in my heart against sin. It's like, why did I do this? Why have I done it? I didn't want to do this. And this is a good uh, thing for us. Because if you do feel indignation for the wrongs you've done, that is a clue and an indication that you are a child of God. Someone who is not a child of God would care less about what they're doing. Then there's a, a fear or alarm not to sin. So I'm always on guard. I always keep watch. I, at, some, at some point in, in my life when I was like, like a... Let's say, I think starting with 12 or 13 years old, I was like big time into porn, you know, everything uh, you want. So I I was doing it, and then I was feeling sorry, the same pattern, uh, doing it, feeling sorry. I I even had a calendar when I've done it, when I didn't do it, and so on. So I I, I was trying to be intentional about fighting sin. But at some point, I I did this, which is an exercise, like whatever your sin struggle. I've I've done this. It's like, when did I sin? So I put the timing, even in the moment, Uh, what did I sin, what led me towards sinning, and all the circumstances that were around me. And Once I've done this, I had a better picture of knowing when sin comes, because we are tempted and everything. So when I knew that this happens, I knew that in the morning and in the evening, that's when I'm more prone to, I'm more vulnerable, because during the day I'm, I'm too active with other stuff, it's quite hard to know. Watch porn, for example. So it was in the morning or in the evening. And because I knew it's in the evening, whenever I was feeling like doing it, what I was doing, I was getting off my bed and literally physically run around the building when I was in the orphanage that was happening. I was literally running, even if it was cold, I don't care, 10, 11, 12 in the night, I was doing it because I was very, very intentional about fighting sin. I didn't just let it be comfortable on the sofa of my my living room, you know. (laughs) So I was always on guard. Then we also long for what is right. We are passionate and dedicated for God, for his will. Whatever God says to do, I want to do it. It's my passion. I dedicate my life. I dedicate my time. I dedicate my heart, my mind, my soul, everything that I am. Repentance means that all I am, it's a holistic surrender to God's presence. Whatever you say, God, I'm accepting it. I want to do what you want me to do as well. And then there's this zeal to honor God and please him in all you do. And this is one of the things in my life. I want everything that I'm doing in private or in public, on the platform, on the chair, no matter where I am, no matter in what country I am, I want people to see me and say, yes, he's honoring God. His life is honoring God. I want God to look at myself and say, I, 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 you honor me. You are a man according to my own heart, as David was. This is one of the things I want to do in my life. And then there is punishment of sin. It's like i having beef with sin. That I, will not, I will not just leave it there. I'm going to be active in punishing it. Be aggressive and active in... Killing sin. One John, one John Owen, one great theologian, said, be killing sin or sin will be killing you. Yeah. So when it comes to sin, we don't just mess around with it. It's not like you, 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 can, you cannot have a bully and just let him do what he wants. And when I was in school, I was not a bully, but I hated bullies, so I was becoming the bully of the bullies. <laughs> I had, somehow there's always this thing in my, my heart to protect people, whatever. So I, when I saw someone, someone being a bully, I was going to him and like... <laughs> No, you things happened after as, <laughs> as well. It was out of a good motivation, but of course it's wrong. So don't beat bullies. Okay, I'm not saying this now. But sin is a bully in our life. To yes. try to steal away our joy. to try to be the center of attention in all, in all you do. That's what bullies do. And what's most interesting is that sin attacks when you're most vulnerable. Like, no bully ever can try to bully me because, like, it's not working, you know. <laughs> I was standing my ground. And this is what sin I'm I'm punishing it. When you make a step or you look bad at me, I'm punishing you. It's not working. Be killing sin or sin will be killing you. But the good thing is that we are in God's presence. So repentance doesn't happen. We're not alone in this process. God is on our side. God is with us. And many times God is fighting our battles. But we need to be really aware of these things as well. Repentance removes the obstacles that are in the way of salvation repentance removes the obstacles that, that are in the way of salvation and change. Now, th- think about Let's see, say that this lectern is my target. Let's call it salvation, change, whatever you want. And this table is sin or whatever is in the way of me achieving my goal. I can sit here, I can stand here, and I can look at it. I know that that's what I want to do. But I cannot just say, oh, dear me, I guess I'll never reach it. Oh, I'm so sorry I cannot grab it. I'm so sorry I cannot touch it. And this is sometimes what we do with sin. But what repentance does, uh, not with sin, when when we are sinning, we just say, oh, poor me, i I sinned again. I feel sorry about me and all this stuff. But what repentance does is that it removes the obstacle that is in in the way of my change or my salvation, and then I can can come back here and grab it and be in a relationship with God. Repentance is a 100%... uh, uh, Repentance is surely, surely brings it to salvation. It's, it cannot happen otherwise. If you want salvation, repentance is the answer, and it's, it's working 100%. Think about your lives. I don't know, how, how many of you have ever uh, felt this uh, thrill and this uh, feeling of defeating sin? Yeah. How many? Yeah. How, 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 how did you feel? Good. It's, it's, you know how I feel when I do this? It's like after running. You know, like, I don't want to do it. It's like the most horrible thing in the world. But after I've done it, it's like, whew, I feel good. I've done it. So it's possible for me to do it again. And if you never, you never had this feeling of defeating sin, I'm telling you, it is possible. It is possible because you live in God's presence and are, are very focused on fighting sin in the same time. And God will help And God will honor this every single time. Again, 50% of the battle against sin is won in the presence of God in Timothy with him. Okay, he gives you strength and everything. Third, third step is that repentance is positive. Because it says repentance uh, leads to salvation without regret. This is new for me. I never heard anyone t- saying this about repentance until now. Repentance is positive. Repentance leads to salvation without regret. God's grief <coughs> leads to repentance, repentance leads to salvation. And there is no, there's no regret. Sorry. In other words, no one has ever repented or regretted it. Think about it. Think about your life. Think about your friends. Has, ever, has anyone ever regretted, oh, why did I repent? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it's miserable. I'm saved. I'm a child of God. I will live eternally. <sighs> no. <laughs> Repentance is something positive. We are optimists about it. In Romania, when I use the word repent, or repent is like, whoa, this cult, people with hoodies, go in the woods and whatever, worship trees and who knows. This is what you think of repentance. Some of us might think this as well, who knows. But repentance is something good. We must know that in this process of repentance, we are not alone. It's something really, really good. It does remove any obstacle that are in the way of your relationship with God, eternity with God, prosperity with God. We well, know we live eternally in prosperity where we will not lack anything? And the only thing we have to do is to repent. And by repenting, we remove any, any obstacles uh, that are in our way. Repentance is the best way to be positive and learn from our mistakes. Repentance is regret handled in a positive way. Here, the person, after having behaved wrongly, realizes, so there is a realization of the mistake that, that we've done. And after we realize the mistake we've done, there's this introspection, so we look inside our hearts, and we, look, we think about the wrongdoings that we've done. And we find a way to deal with the situation. So we don't only think, yeah, I've done wrong, whatever. But I find a way to deal with the situation. Mm-hmm. And after that, I, I'm working to see how, how I can uh, bring the good values in my life. And someone said that uh, when we do wrong, the wrongdoings affect our inner values, which we want to preserve. Sin affects the inner values of a child of God. As children of God, our identity lies with Him. So, whenever we sin, that sin somehow violates our identity, violates our, uh, what, what we believe about, uh, uh, for God and our life for God. It violates everything that we are. So, that's why when we, when we think of, of repentance, it's a positive thing. Why? Because I removed that from my life. R- repentance is what makes me right with God, repentance is what brings me back in Jesus' presence. No one has ever, ever regretted repenting. This is like totally new for me. I'm, I'm a Christian for like 13 years. No, no. I never heard this. Repentance is something positive, and everyone will want it. Again, who doesn't want eternal life with no suffering Anyway, So repentance, fourthly, leads to salvation. This is all over the text as we read today. When we focus on God, and have an active lifestyle of fighting sin and begin intimacy with God, and we focus on uh, knowing that uh, this process of repenting is a positive one, it will inevitably lead to salvation. Yeah. You cannot not be saved when you live a life of repentance. It is, by nature, impossible. That is why regret and repentance are so different things. Regret is negative, and regret traps you in the past. Whereas repentance is positive and releases you into your future. Fantastic. Don't let the regrets take place of your dreams. Yeah. Maybe you had dreams in your life. Adam, me, please. Maybe you had dreams in your life, and then you haven't done decisions you didn't uh, make in the past, risks you didn't take in your past, and now, now you feel like, You replaced the dreams with regrets And you live like, well, I haven't done anything with my life I want to say this, that repentance erases everything that is past wrong Repentance releases us into our future The actions that led to regret cannot be changed So it happened, you can no longer do anything about it And that is the truth No matter what you've done in your past It's there It's called past because it passed You know, it's it's past, it's no longer there But what you can do is to make a decision about what you do about your future now. That's why repentance is the answer to it. There is a process that leads to salvation. And it starts with God. We focus on God. Godly regret. And that will lead to repentance and the active lifestyle that we have. And then it leads to salvation, which we will never ever regret. It is impossible by definition to regret repentance and salvation. And ultimately, we we'll live eternally with Jesus Christ. Regret traps us in the past. Whereas repentance releases us into our future. And that future is an eternal future. Regret is rooted in the past, but it bears fruit in the present. And unless you cut, the, cut off the roots, it will lead towards death. And the way we cut the roots of regret is by repenting. Say, so God, I want to be right with you again. Repentance frees you from the past and gives you a new beginning. That's what repentance does. Repentance is futuristic. Repentance is looking ahead, whereas regret is looking back and become a prisoner of the past wrongdoings that you've done. That's why repentance is the answer. Repentance is, is the positive thing. And I want to conclude by this example. It's in the Bible. It says there was Lazarus and there was this other guy. They both died. It's in it's, uh, Luke 16, if I'm to read it at home. They both died because we die, you know? One of them went in, let's call it heaven, one of them went in hell, but they could see each other. And the man that was in hell said, Lazarus, please bring me a bit of water, so I can dip my tongue in water. And Lazarus is like, even if I want to do it, I cannot do it. Because between us there's a a big gap. Even if I want to do something for it, it's a bit too late. So the man says, I understand this, it's true. But could you please go back to my family? Could you please go back to my brothers and sisters, mother and father, and tell them that I I don't want them to come back in this place as well? And and Lazarus says, even if I want to go, I cannot do it. Because if they don't listen to God now, how do they listen to someone coming back from the dead? And maybe we live our lives, and maybe some of us in this place have never had any sort of decision for God. And it comes to a point And this is true. It comes a point in life where it will be too late. And that, that is why repentance is now. Repentance is a present decision that we make. And think about your life. Think about all these people that have all these regrets, as we said in the beginning. If I come towards the end of my life... I will not regret having a, uh, having a relationship with Jesus. I will not regret the decisions I made for God in my life. I will never regret everything that I gave up to be with God. You cannot, by definition, regret repentance and salvation. That is why I want you to think about this. How, how, how did you live your life until now? What are the things that you regret? What are the things that regret replaced? What are the dreams that regret replaced in your life? I want to tell you that repentance is now... And the day of salvation happens now. And by doing this, you'll be released into your brilliant future with God and ultimately eternal joy, eternal prosperity with God where you will not suffer, not lack anything for the rest of your lives. So as as this song goes, I want you to think and meditate on this. Have an introspection in your life and in your heart and think about the things that maybe you regret and start replacing regret with repentance and do something about it because repentance will release you. It's a new future, into a new beginning. Amen.